Hello and welcome. This is Corinne Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. How are you doing today? I am doing pretty well. When I was thinking about what feeling state am I in, I'm in a place of a lot of compassion for myself and for other people. And I like to be in that state. It feels a lot better. I can learn from that state. And one of the things that I'm really looking at is I'm reviewing. Last week, I had taken some time off from my clients and from the Aquamonster. So I didn't do any coaching and I did work behind the scenes. And so one of the things that I'm doing right now is reviewing what was my intention of what I did? What was the results I was looking for? And what were the things that worked and what were the things that didn't? And that is a compassionate state to be able to look at it, not to judge myself, not to say, oh my gosh, I just wasted an hour looking up toner and then I never even bought the toner. Because that's actually one of the things that happened. I got fascinated with, wow, I spent an hour looking at toner and I didn't get the toner because then all of a sudden I decided for that amount of money, I might as well buy a new printer. And I haven't made the decision and I need to circle back to that. But noticing when I allowed myself to spend time like that versus when I was really productive and doing other things. So I'm going to go back and really revisit last week on what worked well what didn't work well, and what was my intention for the week, and learn from that as I get to know myself more. And also, what works for me now as a 45-year-old, soon-to-be 46-year-old woman versus what used to maybe work for me 15, 20 years ago, because there's a difference. So I give you that in the sense that compassion really allows us to have a broad-eyed view of what's going on, and it allows us to have a growth mindset something I've talked a lot about on the show is the ability to own your story, make mistakes and and learn from it and get back up instead of a fixed mindset where you make the mistakes and it now defines you like, oh my gosh, Karen, you're such a loser. You spent an hour looking at toner and you didn't even buy it. That would have been my old story. It's not helpful. It's not productive. So really paying attention to that. And I can tell you this, sometimes those little things like spending an hour looking at toner can be really great lessons because this morning I got an email from somebody and I was just going to read it and move through, which can always be a big mistake of mine and can allow a lot of emails. And I said, no, just answer and get it done because you don't want this to be like the toner. And I did that. And it took about five seconds to answer the email and I moved on. And that was a yammy moment. And for that. I know there are going to be other moments where I don't answer it. So I'm not asking for perfection of myself, but about what are processes that I can have that support me. And so I can create the results that I'm creating in my life. So here's the thing. Since 2006, when I first started the show, can you believe it? It's been almost 12 years. This October, 12 years. Holy moly. The issues that I've been talking about have been the same. Imposter syndrome. Somebody emailed me today about this book and I thought, oh, and you know, I thought it was Heidi Halverson's grant books, but it was actually somebody else's. And I had interviewed her, Valerie Young. She wrote about the imposter syndrome. So I've had imposter syndrome, being a fraud, perfectionism, hustling for worthiness, belonging, connection, worthiness, shame, 
And that's like one of my favorite topics. And the reason it's my favorite, it's not that I want us to all live, you know, in the swampland of shame. It's that if you don't understand shame, it hijacks your life. It hijacks it and runs it for you. And for those of you that are overachievers who are exhausted, stressed out, who has the outside stuff of your life, but not the inside, you understand what I'm talking about because you've been running and creating this life from a place of shame. Self-compassion is another topic that I've spent a lot about. And I introduced the show with this idea of being a compassionate observer, of taking a look at what's working for you and what's not working for you. And in the way that you want to support your life, not in the way that you want to use it as a weapon to say, see, there you go again, you're not enough. You're just a screw up. Again, that would have been the old voice in my head. Vulnerability is something I've talked a lot about. I've been writing a lot about it too, because it's uncertainty, emotional exposure, and risk. And man, we just don't want that, right? We, we, we were like, I want it to be safe. I want it to be secure. I want to know exactly what's going to happen, especially when we're a control freak, which I can be. And we do that. We don't want vulnerability, but here's the thing. Vulnerability is the pathway for what you want. If you want love and connection and belonging, if you want to be in a loving, committed relationship, there's vulnerability. There will be pain and suffering in a relationship. There's going to be times of unhappiness, just part of it. We're not going to be happy hundred percent of the time. And here's the great news. We don't have to be unhappy hundred percent of the time. If we can be happy 50% and, you know, grumpy the other 50%, we're living a pretty good life. And then finally, mindset, like I just talked about growth mindset that we learned from Carol Dweck. And I've talked about mindset practices, and I've even taught you the tools on the show about how to develop your mindset. What are the stories that you're attaching to? So these are the stories that the, or these are the topics that I've been talking about for the past 12 years. And it's really interesting that, you know, they are still there and we're talking about them. And I've interviewed authors, I've interviewed researchers, interviewed thought leaders, And I myself have been teaching you these tools to overcome the voice of not enough. And what we're trying to do is get rooted or what my goal for you is to get rooted in your own worthiness, in the fact that you have a fantastic opinion of yourself, because that's what it's about. And it's not a puffed up, you know, an arrogant opinion, but where you have confidence in yourself, where you truly like who you are where you are your own best friend and have your back and can say, this is what I'm great at. This is what I suck at. So one, an example of this is I was thinking about this today. Um, Some people will perceive me as an athlete. I don't really perceive myself as an athlete. I was a former swimmer. And for those of you that are swimmers know that swimmers tend to be land dorks. And I say that very proudly. There's no shame. I don't feel like it's a judgmental thing. So don't worry about that. It's just, I was really clumsy and I'm actually much less clumsy now than when I was an athlete, which is kind of fascinating to me. And, but when I go into a class and, and I'm doing something, I don't have any shame about me not being able to do something because I just meet myself where I'm at. I give myself permission to suck. I'm very compassionate and I'm really trying to concentrate on learning how to do that skill set. And it can be as simple as I was in my back class the other day and we're doing the squat, squat, shuffle, shuffle. And I cannot remember which foot to drive off and I'm always doing the wrong foot, but I couldn't remember which one it was. And my PT was getting frustrated with me. 
And I said, well, which foot am I supposed to push off of? And he had to break it down to the very, very basic. And I think I finally got it. Now we'll be interested to see if I can remember it because it's going to take me more practice. So for some people, for some adults, especially when you're highly accomplished, a situation like that can be really shameful. It's like, oh my gosh, see, I'm such a fraud. I can't even figure out how to shuffle. I just own the fact that I'm a land dork. And I also have a belief that everything is learnable. I just have to practice. So I don't have shame. When I used to do Bikram yoga, he also had given me a list of um, exercises I couldn't do. And I didn't have a problem. I went and talked to the owner of the studio and said, is this still, you know, would I be able okay to come here? These are the exercises I can't do. I will not get in the way of the class. I'll be in the back. I don't want to be disruptive, but I still want to be a part of this. And she didn't have a problem. So sometimes I'd be laying down. I have no problem with laying down. I have no problem. Like I don't have a story of like, oh, I, you know, I'm so bad because I'm not doing what everybody else is doing. I was taking care of myself and my back. So I was okay with that. And I had a girlfriend who is a physical therapist and she would go with me and she really struggled with the modifications because, you know, again, it came back to the stories in her head, what she made that mean. You know, I'm not, I'm not good enough. There's something wrong with me. I should be doing this better. I was once an athlete, all of that extra pressure that just creates an extra lot of pain, which can be unnecessary. So I give you these stories as examples of, we may know this stuff of, oh yeah, I want to be rooted in my own worthiness. I want to be strong. I want to be confident. I want to be empowered. I want to love myself. I want to love my life. The problem is, is that you still have these damn rules that have been guiding your life to be worthy. And maybe it's that you have to be accomplished. You have to be a certain size. You must be beautiful. And then you get mad because we have wrinkles and gray hair now. You must be the ultimate stepmom. I mean, that was mine for a really long time. You must be the perfect date. You must make a lot of money. You must have the perfect job. You must look perfect. You must look to have everything under control. You must make sure everything runs smoothly. You must finally be perfect. Then you can be worthy. Those rules sound familiar. And the promise is, is that once we do all that, then we can finally be worthy. And no matter how often I say it, and Brene Brown has research on it, and we love her work, and we understand that you are worthy right now, and you understand that intellectually, it's still a challenge for people to put it into action. And so what I know for sure is you can be damn smart, and you can intellectually understand these concepts, and still in our busy lives, maybe you don't put it to action. And the problem with that is that you have this thought process up in here and then you're not living it. So then you have further erosion of the opinion of yourself. And you say, oh, see, it's just really not possible for me. I'm just faking my way through. I may be a highly accomplished lawyer. I may be a highly accomplished this, or, you know, my house is all put together after a big move, but you know, don't look in that one drawer because it's a shit show in there. So you erode your opinion of yourself. And that's such an important opinion, your opinion of yourself, because that's where everything is rooted. You can't give love if you don't have love for yourself. You don't have love for yourself. There's You have nothing to give. One of the things that I always like to say to clients to explain this concept, and I'll say to them, and maybe they live on the East Coast, and I'll say, well, do you have a San Francisco 49ers football sweatshirt? And the reason I use that, that was my family's team when I was growing up. And they kind of they're like, what? Why Why would I have a San Francisco 49er sweatshirt? I go, well, could you give me one? 
They're like, well, I don't have one, so I couldn't give you one. I can go buy one. I go, exactly. So if you don't have love for yourself, if you don't have a high opinion of yourself, you can't have high opinions of others, right? You can't give other people love because at some point you may have a high opinion of them, but you may put them on a pedestal and then you're looking for what is wrong with them. So it's really, really important that you take this intellectual knowledge that I've been sharing with you here for almost 12 years on the show. And there's probably close to 600 shows at this point. I know it's a lot of um, content on there and it's, it's awesome content. Most of it is evergreen. And that means that it's not, there's nothing that's time stamped that will be dated. So it'd still be great for you. And here's the solution that I have. And I created this enough group coaching program enough your your daring year because this is an ongoing problem. I have these clients who are overachievers, they're highly successful, maybe they climb the wrong ladder, they're exhausted. What got them here to where they're at can't they they're trying but it can't take them to the next level. That hustling that they've been doing, that working hard, the beating themselves up. They just they're like, "Wait, but I can't make that next step. I can't I can't get to that next level. I'm just stuck." And so I created this group coaching program so that people could come together because there's a group energy that happens in a group coaching program. And like today I had a group call with my enough group that I started in the fall. And one of the things that was so cool was I might be coaching one person because we do this all by video conference. I might be coaching one person and so many of the enoughers in the group were like, oh my gosh, you were coaching me while you were coaching that person because they could see it. And sometimes it's a lot easier to see your stuff when you're not directly looking at your stuff. Sometimes my my aha moments came from when I was sitting on the sidelines somewhere in a conference and somebody made a comment, the speaker made a comment. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And I came home and I told my girlfriend, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is what I learned. This is why that didn't work. And she said to me, she goes, Corinne, you've been talking about that for two years, right? Even though I had been saying it, I hadn't attached to it until for some reason, the speaker said one thing that wasn't even part of her presentation. And I got it. That's what happens in a group coaching program. So they learn so much from watching one another get coached and they realize And you realize that you're not the only one because so often, even though sure, you know, Brene will write about it and she'll say, you know, you're not alone. You're not the only one. My research shows and I've researched all these people. One of the gentlemen in my enough group, he, we, we do this retreat, this online retreat in the beginning and where I teach him a lot of language and we do this deep dive and we are talking about, oh, people were sharing, you know, their own gremlin stories. And he went, holy moly, it's true. I'm not the only one. And it's highly intelligent. So that's the nice thing about group coaching. And then the other side is that there's this group energy. When you see others achieved and you realize your limitations are really your own belief system. I used to, in the old shows, you may remember the intro I have here about the windows of possibility that if this was possible for my guest, what is possible for you? It's really easy to say, oh, we can get in compare and despair of, oh, well, of course that's possible for them, but it's never possible for me and use it to shut us down. But that's a fixed mindset. So instead of where we can come back to, wow, of course I can see them and me and I can see how they get in their way. And isn't it cool that they're doing that and that's possible for them. It's also possible for me and really be in that growth mindset. 
So the one thing that the Enough Group Coaching Program is not, it's not for, I once had this client who wanted me to be like her housekeeper, but like the housekeeper of her mind. She's like, I just want to, my housekeeper, I leave my house, she cleans it, I come home and I don't have to do any work. She goes, I don't want to do the work. The beauty of coaching is that you do the work, you create, you have this space to do your work. And that is how you evolve. It's not about me doing the work for you and you're one and done and you move on. It's your growth process where there's a structure behind it. And it's a premium group coaching program because it's a small group. It's not like a massive program. Like for me, what doesn't work are those online programs where I'm one of thousands and nobody knows me. In my groups that I run, they're small groups where you get to know each other. Not only are you connected with me and I know your story and I know you, but you also find other people who are like-minded from you. So here's why I went through um, the intakes of for my enoughers of why they chose to join the group back in November. And here's the things that they said. They wanted to heal shame, tired of running in circles and just running around with my own thoughts, prepare for job changes coming and need help with the uncertainty, break free from limiting beliefs around money and career. And this person's interesting because in this process, she not only um, broke through her mindsets of her limiting beliefs, but she got a raise, she got a promotion and she got a raise and on, and really worked on her belief system about money and how to change what was limiting her. And the raise that she got was exactly what she was pursuing. So it was in what she believed was possible for herself, but we had to overcome a lot of her limiting beliefs. And what she wanted was a different mindset around money and a plan for her next career move. And she was able to accomplish that like in four months. It's kind of crazy. Um, aware of self and how I present myself in the world, what I can change and to accept those things about others and situations that are out of my control. Um, I'm all in my head and I can't get out of my own way. I'm an analyst by nature and try to look from all angles. And I'm a perfectionist. So that, those are why they committed to enough. And what they wanted was worthiness throughout my life in relationships, in my work with both staff and clients and my kids, the belief that I'm really deserving and good enough really to be able to believe it. Meaningful work, connection and belonging. And here's the thing about connection. When I was coaching a client yesterday, it was about con- connection and belonging with yourself. Because so often we can be like, I called myself a vampire yesterday. I said, you know, when I wanted validation and I was approval whoring and um, so desperately wanted belonging and connection, I would go and be like a vampire and like suck it out of other people, right? Because I was the one that was also really good at having that campfire where I'd pitch a tent and build a campfire and people would come and sit on the bench and I just suck all their energy out to try to fill me up. The problem is, is that it flowed out pretty quickly. And the thing that I've had to learn to overcome is that it's important that I'm connected with myself and I belong with myself and then also create other areas of belonging. And sometimes belonging can be really lonely and that's okay. Instead of thinking it's not okay or that once I belong, I should always feel that there's beauty in the mess. The other things that they wanted was to experience that an experience that would set up the possibility for change and transformation and letting go of the prison walls of perfection. Some of my clients want to be the boss of themselves, right? They've approval hoard their way through their lives. And they're like, I'm tired. I want to be the boss of myself or they want to be the leaders of their life. And they want to feel focused and resilient to have their own direction 
and to own their direction to develop their next chapter in their life, whether it's their job, relationships, change in family structure. They also want to become self-aware. And and that can be a shit show, you guys, because it's like, holy moly, these are all the things that I think of. And they want to gain clarity and confidence in the decisions they make. So those are the things. So when you become worthy, when you believe that you're enough, it's such a beautiful place to be because you can feel peace. You can feel calm and confidence. Again, it's not arrogance. It's not being boastful, but there's a sense, like think about somebody, you know, who just has this presence. And it's typically like a lot of the people that I know are kids. They just show up. I am here. Here I am, you know, and they're, they, they are showing up big in their lives and they let you see them. So look in your life for people who are enough where they can be brave and they can be courageous and they can say the hard things and they can, you know, be daring at work or have loving and committed relationships in their life. That's what being enough is about. And so this group structure, here's the reason why it's a year is that again, we all understand, like I'm a quick learner. Like I can intellectually understand stuff. One of the things that probably about 10 or 12 years ago, I had to figure out was I'm actually a slow learner. And remember my squat, squat, shuffle, shuffle example, (laughs) that kinesthetic awareness, like while I had it somewhat in the pool on the land, I'm a land dork. And, and yes, I understand that's a story I'm telling myself. And if I maybe change the story, I could maybe improve faster. But for me, one is to own my story and love myself and then write a brave new ending, right? So by being this land dork where it's like, okay, shuffle, shuffle, which foot is it? So I can remember which one to cue off of. And knowing that I can understand it like, oh, okay, it makes sense why I wouldn't want to lift with the other foot, the wrong foot, because of what it could do to my back. But remembering how to break it down was challenging. And it's going to take me maybe, you know, a thousand practices, which for me is such a huge relief because so often we think, oh, transformation, right? They want the, they want me to be the uh, fairy godmother, bippity boppity boop. And there you go. You're transformed. We're so, I mean, think about it. That's why advertising and, you know, those weight loss things, you know, 30 days to weight loss or quick fixes, right? They're so sexy. It's like, Ooh, I want that. That can be me. I don't have to work hard and it can be so easy instead of developing a practice. I remember when I was getting ready to interview Brene Brown and I was reading her book, she'd sent me the gifts of imperfection. She sent me a few books, but the gifts of imperfection. And I was reading her stuff and I'm like, oh my gosh, this isn't about the quick fix. This isn't about like, you know, the fairy godmother. This is about practice. Like in that book throughout, it was about practice. And that was so great for me because it validated what I truly believe is it takes practice. So that is why the Enough Group is a year. And it's a premium coaching group. It's not for the mass. It's a small coaching group for people where you show up and you can do this work and cultivate enoughness in your life. Because isn't it time to stop indulging in the drama and the self-hatred that we have of ourselves and instead really focusing on you being enough? As you know, I'm a story collector. I'm a storyteller. I love other people's stories. And as I used to say in my intros, that If this is possible for them, what is possible for you? And I really invite you to think about that when I share any stories, whether it's in this episode or in other episodes and notice the voice, is it the cynic of, oh, well, that's fine and dandy, but that's not possible for me. But what can you do that you can change that? 
because the guests and the the content that I have for almost 12 years have been about people who have gone on and done something different. They changed the trajectory of their lives. They didn't allow it to define them. So you may be sitting here thinking, okay, that's possible for Corinne and for her clients because they all have some special juju, but it's not for me. And I really invite you to change your mindset to say, if this is possible for them, what is possible for me? That is the thing that's so important. And an example of what is possible when you do this work, when you commit to yourself, is an example of one of my clients. And here's what she shared. She said, when we started working together, I didn't believe in my own self-worth. I didn't believe I was worthy of love and belonging just because I am. I deeply, deeply felt that I had to prove myself and be better and more perfect before I would be worthy. I did not believe I was worthy as is. It's been a long journey and it did not happen overnight by any stretch of the imagination. But bit by bit, I have come to realize that I am worthy of love and belonging right now, right as I am. This knowing is a direct result of the work that we did together. And here's another client. Before working with Corinne, it was not easy to live in my own head. So much shame, fear, scarcity, anxiety, negative self-talk, lack of self-trust, and self-compassion reigned my daily life. I was so focused on controlling the outside world and the impressions others had of me that I tried to look like I was perfect and looked to control everything. It wasn't until I worked with Corinne and focused on me that everything shifted. Now I'm so much more at ease, calm and confident and compassionate internally that it's so much easier to live in my own head. Once I focused inward, it allowed me to show up differently to others without my even really thinking about that part. My showing up differently, I started getting different results, deeper connections with the people who had earned the right to hear my story a new role at my company where I enjoy the work and am valued for it. And more of what I want continues to come into my life. So those are two people where they went through their own transformation by going through coaching. Before you sign up for enough, please know this coaching program is ideal for people who are wanting to commit to themselves, willing to do the work, excited and afraid about this year. You have a growth mindset and it's okay if you have areas of a fixed mindset. We all do. You love personal development. You want to buy the books. You like listening to podcasts. You love personal development. You just struggle with the implementation part. You're looking for connection with other like-minded humans. You're willing to practice. You understand change is possible over time with commitment, focus, and practice. You want somebody who really knows you, who understands you, who gets to know you. You want to be with people who know you and you're willing to show up. You're looking for a coach who can be a partner on your journey. And don't worry, I'll meet you where you are and I'll help you gain clarity. And we'll take those steps. Remember, I say small hinges can move big doors. I'm a believer of that. I live that. I'm going to have encouragement and support and create a safe environment for you to do your work along with the other enoughers. 
And we're going to expand your views of what is possible and promote discovery of new insights. And don't worry, I'm always about giving input and straight feedback. And I always operate as a sounding board. People love to verbally vomit with me. And then we go through the pieces. I'm listen carefully to what you say. And I ask you questions that increase your awareness. And here's the thing. I'm never going to tell you what to do. I'm not going to be the boss of you. That is your job for you. This program is not ideal for people who want a quick fix, who want me to be the fairy godmother who uses a wand to change your life, who's not willing to commit to yourself. I'm not saying you're going to be perfect about it because there's going to be struggles at some points, but who's just not willing, who's saying, ah, this is never going to work, right? I don't, this program's not ideal for people who aren't willing to do the work. No, it's okay to be scared. We're going to be excited and afraid at the same time. We're going to be courageous and afraid at the same time. There's a lot of vulnerability. There's a lot of uncertainty. So instead of asking yourself the crappy question, will this work for me? Because then we'll find answers of how it won't. You'll find all that evidence of how you haven't kept commitments to yourself in the past. Instead, I want you to ask yourself this question. What would have to happen in your enough year to make it worthwhile for you? What's the end result that you want? What's the goal that you want at the end of the year? So this is next year, April, 2019. Where is it that you want to be? And then you focus on that and showing up with that intention. So I invite you to go take a look and apply for this program. It's a small group. So there's, I, while I want it to be a hell yes, we only have so many seats and you can see all the details by going to my website at howshereallydoesit.com forward slash enough. I'm smiling big for you. Thank you so much for listening. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wide away. Captured